You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, February 15th, and we're on the mend, I think. Um, But the 49ers content machine doesn't stop, and we have some news, I guess, to distract us with. Joining me to run through the latest is Rob Stats Guerrero. How you doing today, Rob? I'm going through it still, Steph. Not going to lie. <laughs> Been better. Uh, you know what? You know what's really, like, it pains me to see is, like, all these clips that are coming out after the fact, the mic'd up, you know, whatever. Oh. Um, yeah, those hurt. Those hurt to see. The one that I saw this morning was Kyle Shanahan uh, speaking to one of the refs on the sideline saying – Hey, like I saw the hold on track, like you're right, but they're doing, they do the exact same thing on the other side, call it both ways. And clearly, you know, they did that, not. that, yeah, they didn't call it both ways. Um, so yeah, the, it still stings to, to see those things on my timeline, but we move, you know, it, it, we move on. Um, look, the news that we have is, uh, you know, the 49ers have gotten a lot of coaches hired away this cycle. And before we get to the big news, let, let's talk about the little ones first. So Clint Kubiak, you know, he went to the Saints to be their offensive coordinator. Yesterday, we learned that Anthony Lynn, 49ers assistant head coach and assistant running backs coach, he'd leave to Washington, um, as would the 49ers assistant defensive line coach, Daryl Tapp, um, the 49ers assistant offensive line coach, James Craig, also hired away. He was hired by the Raiders to be their offensive line coach. And the 49ers quickly hired his replacement uh, in the Raiders' current assistant <laughs> offensive line coach, Cameron Clemens. That one was reported this Thursday morning. But there's now a bigger role that the 49ers need to fill this offseason, bigger than probably all of those combined. Because the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Now, most of us aren't exactly surprised by this news. Uh, like I, for one, am not. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, did he left the door open for this when he was asked about Steve Wilkes in Wednesday's presser. And it also just feels like this had been brewing for a while, right, Rob? Oh, yeah. I mean, it- It was clear ever since Steve Wilkes had to publicly apologize for a blitz call in the second quarter against the Minnesota Vikings that it just wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work in San Francisco. And it's I said this with Levin Black on our show today. From a statistical standpoint, it absolutely worked for the 49ers. They were third in the league in points allowed this year, just over 17 points per game. They were top 10 in yards allowed. But it always seemed like Wilkes was the outsider, that Wilkes was trying to call the 49ers defense. And I just feel like when you have a guy, you bring in a guy, you don't let him hire any of his own staff. You don't let him run his own system. Like you are chopping his legs out from under him. And and fundamentally, there was a disconnect. And Kyle confirmed this yesterday in the conference call. Wilkes never quite understood how to marry the pass rush with the coverage in a way that the 49ers wanted him to do it. He never got it. It it just, for whatever reason, they couldn't figure it out. Shanahan's exact phrase was, it was harder than it needed to be. And that's it. That's the end of it. 
And the, the thing that I'm worried about going forward, Steph, is that the Niners are going to make the same mistake again. They're going to try to, because Kyle said, he did say he's open to a new scheme, but he would have to be convinced. Like he wants to keep the scheme the same. So I don't know who you can get that's going to be able to come in and do it the way you want it done and also have the authority and the respect of the players. Right. I think the players would also like to keep the the same scheme. I feel like uh, Nick Posa has voiced that as well. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And, yeah, marrying the pass rush to the secondary is a big thing. Obviously, the secondary saw, saw a lot of improvement under uh, Steve Wilkes. They limited the explosives. That was one of the big things, one mm-hmm. of the goals for the season. But in turn, we saw less sacks. We saw the run game kind of sputter, especially after Hufunga, um, you know, exited with injury for the season. And and it never was quite the same after that. So there wasn't enough adjustments, I guess, on his end. uh, And maybe just not enough familiarity with the personnel to maybe make those adjustments. I'm not sure. But clearly was not the right fit. The hope going forward is that, Maybe now Kyle Shanahan, know, knowing that that wasn't the right fit, maybe he he can know what to look for uh, in the future. James says, you know what Kyle reminded me of at the last presser with Lynch? A kid who got a DUI watching his dad explain to the cops that his kid is an honor student. If Andy needed an offensive coordinator, you do too. Reads the standard, not you, Kyle. Oof. Man. Um, <laughs> Some hot tempers still, and I get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we've already talked about the accountability thing with Kyle. I mean, that's that's something that I don't think is going away anytime soon. It, really, even talking about the Steve Wilkes firing on that call, it didn't sound like there were any admission of, you know, a mistake. You know, it, it was just the firing it is the admission of the mistake in itself. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we didn't get any other type of explanation in that regard but thank thank you james for that comment in the super chat um but yeah i i feel rob like we're getting like gaslit by people who haven't even watched the 49ers <laughs> we have tell us that steve wilkes is the scapegoat like if you watch the 49ers as closely as like all of us fans have like you'd know there had been tension there and and you mentioned it rob like that game uh, the Vikings game where, you know, afterwards he had to apologize publicly about that. I think even before that, there was probably some tension, you know, behind the scenes. But that was the first time we saw it, like maybe publicly. The lack of sacks was an issue early on, despite the 49ers being a top five defense for, you know, much of the season. I think with the group of players that they had, shit ton of all pros. They they shouldn't have just been top five. They should have been top one and historic, you know, like so that was kind of the expectation, I feel like going into it. Mind you, I mean, the 49ers did Wilkes a favor in bringing in free agent Isaiah Oliver. What did Isaiah Oliver do? Well, he was benched within the first few weeks of the season. So that's not great either, right? There was just a lot of things, a lot of little things that happened and built up that got to this point. Um, the post bye week change uh, where they had him go on the field. Some people speculated, you know, maybe that was part of Kyle Shanahan wanting to have more control in a game to to veto something and or talk to, to Wilkes, you know, face-to-face about certain calls. I don't know if that's the case, but that was – 
that being a change that they made midseason obviously told us a lot too. The run defense sputtered. We we were going into the Super Bowl getting questions about effort, like Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. That's not a good look. Your GM is getting questions about players' efforts going into the Super Bowl. I've, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, and then after the Super Bowl, Bosa saying the team wasn't prepared for the read option uh, that the Chiefs ran late in the game. All of these things like are just microcosms of the bigger issue here. So no, he is not the scapegoat. And I would go as far as to say that even if the 49ers won the Super Bowl, that Steve Wilkes would not be back. They'd probably frame it a different way, maybe like a mutual parting, because I don't think Steve Wilkes wanted to be in in San Francisco any longer either. So that would have been the difference to me. So a a few things there. First of all, like that, the Super Bowl, I feel like is the perfect example, right? Like, no, Nick Bosa says we weren't prepared for the read option. It's like you allowed two touchdowns to Patrick Mahomes in five quarters in the Super Bowl. So like, it's always like this weird dichotomy with Steve Wilkes where it's like the results look pretty good, but the process of everything seems to be a little broken. And I'll say this. I think they put Steve Wilkes in a very difficult position. I think it was clear that it wasn't working. Uh, that the that the meshing was not there. But I also think it's clear, Steph, I don't think the 49ers treated Steve Wilkes very well in this situation. I don't think they did right by Steve Wilkes. Starting with that Minnesota Vikings press conference where he had to fall on his sword and say, oh, I'm so sorry I called a blitz in the second quarter of the freaking game where Traverius Ward basically has the pass intercepted, by the way, and Jordan Addison rips it away. And just the way he had to come in and the way they forced him down on the field, it was he was always the outsider. Everything they did, they didn't do anything to make Steve Wilkes comfortable. It was always make Steve Wilkes uncomfortable and force him to do things our way. I don't like the way they treated Steve Wilkes. I said it at the time after that Minnesota Vikings game. I, I, I don't think they did right by him. And I think that this is not a very attractive job as a defensive coordinator. You could say, oh, look at all the guys you have to play with. Yeah, that's true. You have super high expectations. Steve Wilkes was top three in points allowed. And top 10 in yards, and people are looking at him like he did a bad job, and he got fired a year after his team went to the Super Bowl. So you have super high expectations. You can't run your scheme. You can't hire your staff. If anything goes wrong, if there's any natural regression whatsoever, you know your coach is going to blame you because I feel like that's what it looks like Kyle is doing right now. And Tauno Hufanga is coming off a torn ACL, and Dre Greenlaw is probably going to miss the whole year with an Achilles injury. Great. Good luck being the 49ers DC next year. And they got a tough schedule. You got to play the chiefs. You got to play the bills. You got to play the Packers. I think they got to play the lions against it. Like it is not a super attractive job. If I am a potential candidate, I think. Um, I mean, you know, I think you can argue with some of that. Uh, yeah, there there are a lot of superstars on this team, a lot that, you know, a defensive coordinator will look at and be like, hey, I, I could do a lot with this kind of thing. But I think when you mention some of the constraints that would be there for any defensive coordinator that comes in, yeah, that's difficult because you can't really – you you can't do what you've always done and that that's an adjustment for for a lot of different people so yeah that that is the challenge now going forward does Kyle Shanahan maybe loosen the reins a bit for any defensive coordinator that comes in and and maybe says well maybe I will give him more flexibility to do this and that because clearly 
you know, trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole didn't work for us last time. Kyle and loosening the reins doesn't seem to go together. Like if anything, he gets tighter, right? He gets tight in big moments. He closes his grip in the biggest moments. And like, I know people made a big deal of Kyle calling a timeout to overrule Wilkes. Like he should do that. That that is what a head coach should do, right? It's what Dan Quinn should have done when Kyle was his OC in the Super Bowl. Hey, you don't like the pass? Call a timeout, change the play. Like I'm fine with that. That to me was the least uh, like embarrassing or le- like whatever. I didn't think he did wrong by Wilkes in that instance. You're the head coach. If the buck stops with you, if you don't like the call, feel free to, you know, you have the right to overrule it. And if it takes a timeout to do it, that's fine. But I don't know that Kyle's going to loosen the reins. I think that he has really been hurt by the fact that he has nobody. Like he lost Mike McDaniel. He lost Bobby Slowick. He lost a lot of his trusted lieutenants and you know i look at myself running this company now i don't delegate anything i can't delegate i'm so bad at delegating because i trust myself to do it right to do it the way i want done and i don't i don't have enough faith in other people to do the things that i need done so i end up having to do everything and it's not good because you stretch yourself too thin and you end up doing a worse job on more tasks but I think that Kyle doesn't trust anybody to delegate stuff to. So he just takes it on himself and he does more and more and more. And honestly, I wouldn't be stunned if the reason he didn't go over the overtime rules with the team during Super Bowl week is because he was busy doing other stuff and it slipped his mind. Like, well, I- the, there were rumors, right, that Kyle Shanahan helped put together the defensive game plan. Yeah, where did those come from, by the way? I haven't seen that anywhere, but I, I think just... uh, so. The first one, I believe it was Ryan Hensley, but I, I want to say I saw it somewhere else, too. So, I I mean, there could be some truth to that. And if that were the case, I, I mean, it would explain some other things, in my opinion, because like you said, Rob, stretching yourself a little too thin, you, you miss the details. And what was this game about? What did it come down to? the details, you know? So I, I feel like if, if that was a case, one, that's a huge red flag, right? If, if you feel like you have to set up the game plan for your defensive coordinator to be successful in a game, that feels like an issue. And mind you, it was one of the best defensive performances we had right. seen from the team all season. So if, it, if Kyle had any hand in that, I mean, kudos to him. Maybe he, he had a, a point in, in wanting to get his hands in it. Um, but I think it underlines the issue of trust, right? And there wasn't, there was a huge lack of trust and it seemed like it just got worse and worse as the season progressed between Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes. Uh, and so when I, when I look at who could potentially be a candidate for the 49ers or who would be a good fit, I actually feel like internal is the way to go because you, you mentioned how, you know, Steve Wilkes has kind of been undermined like uh, several points throughout this season. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan does that to anyone who he has had in his coaching staff, who he knows and, and has been in the building with him for, you know, a couple of years. He never undermined Robert Sala. He never mm-hmm. undermined uh, D'Amico Ryans, even when they were not perfect. And they were not perfect in their first, you know, seasons as defensive coordinator. But we never saw that. There was respect there. There was trust there. So, 
I think for that reason, I, I almost feel a little hesitant and scared of bringing in a, an outside candidate. It was funny, you know, Kyle was asked, will you change the scheme? And he said, well, I'm open to it if someone can convince me. But I think he thinks that based on the players that they have, you know, because if you change the scheme, more than likely you need to get new players that fit that scheme. So he's like, I want we're not going to change the players. We can't really change that many players, especially if you're trying to compete for a Super Bowl next year. So we kind of got to keep the scheme the same, which I understand. But you're right. It's it sets up to do the exact same thing all over again. And that's a scary proposition. Um, I don't know what he has learned through this. That would be a fascinating. I wish that I had asked that question yesterday when I was on the conference call, like Kyle, like, cause it's, it's not an easy you, thing to did do. Did you ask any question? I was going to ask a Bill Belichick question. Like, are you going to reach out specifically to Belichick? But then Kyle said, I'm not going to get into who I'm going to talk. Like who's the candidate? Because I wanted to know, because I think you have to make a call. You have to at least call, because you never know. Maybe oh, yeah. Belichick says, I want to do it. Like, and you, you should at least check. And they have a healthy relationship. They respect each other clearly. You know, Kyle could say to Bill, like, I won't touch you at all. Like, you do anything you want to do. And I will not, like, I will leave you alone. You'll have full reign. But who knows if that actually happens. But I would be fascinated to know, Kyle, what did you learn about how you have to choose a defensive coordinator after this season. Yeah. I mean that, that, yeah, that would have been a great question. Um, And I think we all have that same question of who, who now is the right fit for the 49ers defensive coordinator. I I know uh, internally uh, Daniel Bullocks, who is the secondary coach, he, he would be, I think uh, a candidate as, as well as isn't Johnny Holland the the linebacker coach still? Yeah. Yes. I mean, but I, I believe. I'm surprised. Yeah. Isn't Johnny sick? I believe that oh. Johnny has cancer, which you know. Did he step away? He did for a little bit, but I believe okay. he's back. Um, but not to say that he can't do it because he has cancer, but like he's got bigger things to worry about. You yeah. know, I yeah, can understand no, if he didn't want to focus on that. That makes sense. I was like, why is no one mentioning Johnny Holland as a candidate? That that would make sense. Um, and as far as external candidates, you know, Mike Vabrol still hasn't gotten any other uh, role out there. Probably, you know, he was waiting for a head coaching position maybe, um, but that didn't open up. So maybe he would be willing to, you know, be a defensive coordinator. Bill Belichick, as we mentioned. Rex Ryan is another one that, you know, people are throwing out there. Even yep. Pete Carroll is yeah. is a name that's being thrown out there. Um, Chris Harris, he's the, the Titans uh, cornerback coach passing game coordinator and you know Kyle Shanahan was interested in him the last time they were looking for a defensive coordinator before hiring Steve Wilkes so that could still be an option but Rob yeah oh sorry to interrupt can we talk about Rex for one second yeah here's why I do like the idea of Rex because Rex is going to come in and he's going to be super confident he's going to be like he's going to have swag and he's going to instill that confidence in the players. He's going to come in and he's going to say, forget licking our wounds about losing a Super Bowl. Forget all that. I've got a ring as a defensive coordinator. I know what it takes. And I can tell you right now, you have what it takes. So screw second guessing yourselves. We're coming in. We're kicking ass and let's go. Just follow me and I'll get us there. Like I think that number one this defense thrives on that kind of attitude and I think you have to address 
where this team is emotionally. You have to address the fact that they climbed the hill again, they failed, and it would only be natural for them to look at themselves and say, I don't think we can do it. Like, we failed again. We weren't good enough again. I think they need somebody to build them back up. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan is a builder, Steph. If anything, he's a guy that not... he's not a builder? He built this... He helped build this roster. No, I mean emotionally. 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 Okay, Like, Seth Wickersham had an article that came out super weak. I don't know if you read it. But basically, in the article, it says that Kyle just crushes people, crushes players, crushes his staff during the week. Uh, and John Lynch geez. is the one that builds people back up. So I, I, I think you need somebody that's going to fight that. I do. I really do. I, I think there's something to that. Like I, and I think that's the energy that the defense got with Sala and D'Amico, right? Like, you know, guys that build that energy, um, on the defensive side, because to me, like the defensive side of football, you really need to have that kind of energy. Uh, so yeah. And, and that's great. Right. Because what I wanted to ask you next was like, what are some of the qualities that we think, uh, the next defensive coordinator need to have? Cause I think we know what, you know, what didn't work, you know, with Steve Wokes, you have mm-hmm. some examples and now, not just looking at specific names, but what qualities do they need to have? Now, we already mentioned that the preference is to stick with the same, uh, you know, type of defense. So that would be a four-three uh, defense. Any defensive coordinator that would come in would need to have some experience with that. I've also seen some people, you know, even bring up names of like college coaches that that could potentially come here now would Kyle Shanahan be open to someone who who's a college coach today I think they would need to have some NFL experience I think that would help unless there's there's something else that they have an edge somewhere else for for Kyle but uh what what would you say would be one of the um you know characteristics or qualities that a defensive coordinator would need to have to be the right fit here I definitely would say the emotional thing that we just talked about for sure. Like, I I do think that's a factor. I felt like there wasn't a ton of disguise with Steve Wilkes. When the Niners were blitzing, you knew they were blitzing because they were all up at the line of scrimmage and they were coming. Now, they did do some of that simulated pressure type stuff. But I don't remember seeing a ton of, of like just plays where all of a sudden you were like, whoa, they blitzed and we didn't expect it. Even like Hufanga coming off the edge. Like I, I felt like we didn't even get that much of that when he was there. Uh, so I want somebody that's going to dial some stuff up, disguise some things, surprise you a little more like Steve Spagnolo did in the Super Bowl, by the way, which he did an interview with Brian Baldinger, which I'm still working my way through. Fascinating interview with Baldinger. Spagnolo said he had a different play call on the third down right at the two minute warning. He actually had a different play called before the two minute warning. And then the two minute warning happened and he went to uh, Bolton, the middle linebacker and was like, Hey, what do you think of this other call? And Bolton was like, yes, do it. Like, let's run it. And so he changed his call into the blitz that they ultimately called. And ultimately I think stopped the 49ers on the biggest third down of the game. So like, again, like is Steve Wilkes doing that with his players? I don't know, but just like, when you see everything that went into this and how close this game actually was, it's just that it's a dagger in the heart. 
I yeah, I'm very envious of the Chiefs situation because Spag is at a point in his career where he's not going to get a like no one's going to hire him away. For one, he just got an extension yep. and I don't think anyone's looking to make him a head coach at this point in his career. He, that experiment, you know, already happened. It it failed, didn't go so well. He's going to be a defensive coordinator for the rest of his career and it seems like with the Chiefs. The 49ers, it'd be nice if the 49ers could have something like that, you know? Someone so good that you know was not getting hired away. Like, <laughs> where where can we find something like that? I, I'm not sure. But look, as far as the, um, the other quality, I would say, I think a big one or a preference of quality is that they have experience with linebackers. You know, yes. even played before or having coached linebackers before because I think that was part of the reason why Steve Wilkes had such a hard time marrying the defensive line to the to the secondary was because you're kind of forgetting the middleman in this case and then with the 49ers defense like the linebacker core is the nucleus of their defense and it had been that's what they were accustomed to that they that's what they were built on with Sala and D'Amico right and both former uh, linebacker coaches. So I think it would be really nice to have some of that experience in the back pocket of any defensive coordinator that comes in, unless they're such a like vet in the NFL that, you know, maybe that, that has just come with experience. And Kyle talked about that specifically, but I think that gets a little complicated Steph, because of the green law situation. He's not going to be there. For probably the whole year, if, you know, I would say the whole year, I think you have to assume that, you know, assume the worst plan for the worst hope for the best. So if Dre Greenlaw is not going to be there for the whole year, can the linebackers really play the same way? Because we know Greenlaw and Warner are just such freaks and they covered so much ground. I really think that they gave the rest of the defense a lot of flexibility to do other Mm -hmm. stuff. They gave the line flexibility. They gave the secondary flexibility. But if Greenlaw is not going to be there from the beginning and it's just Fred Warner and, you know, Oren Burks or I don't know, maybe Aziz wants to come back. He's going to be a free agent. But like whoever it's going to be there, I don't know that you can play the defense the same way. So maybe they do need to adapt. Maybe they do need something different there. It's a very tricky situation. I, I for one, would love if Aziz came back. Like, knowing that Drake Greenlaw probably misses most of next season, mm-hmm. I think you got to bring someone in like Aziz who already has experience with this defense and, you know, the players. And, I, I mean, he has that same energy. He has similar energy as Drake Greenlaw. And yep. he's. I, I would love for them to make that move. Now, as far as cost and all that goes – not sure how that fits into everything, but I, I think that would be a slam dunk move. But yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that that's part of it too, right? Like, and, and you mentioned that's what's difficult about anyone who comes in. You're going to have to figure out what you do with that linebacker spot, Sands Greenlaw. And that's, that's, that's not an easy shoe to fill as we know. So yeah, that, that'd be tough. Um, but yeah, as far as like other other qualities, I I mean, I would just say like being more communicative with with the defense. You know, I think having them on the field is is a preference. Clearly, I yep. know you know maybe it was 
somewhat exaggerated, you know, at, uh, at the bye week. But I do think that's something that the the players like. I do think it's something Kyle likes. So that's one thing that now Kyle can look at and be like, you know, I prefer this and I know I prefer this. And so that's why I think this time around he'll know he'll have a better idea of what works and, and what won't. That's true. Uh, that's a good point, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. I don't know. It's tough. Kyle has done a good job. I want to say he doesn't get a lot of credit for how many coaches he's had to replace. It is a ton. And for the most part, he has done a great job replacing them. So that's an underrated skill that I think he has. So get this, Rob. I, and I didn't see anyone talk about this, but there was a piece on the athletic that came out the week of the Super Bowl that Mm -hmm. I saw. And it was about how Kyle Shanahan pretty much like spies on all of the coaches. Like he has, he has cameras everywhere, basically everywhere in the building Uh, position coaches have their own meetings with their players. And Kyle's watching like a freaking secure mall security, like (laughs) watching and hearing, he can hear everything that goes on in those rooms. So if there's anything, any point, that, you know, a coach says he'll he'll come right in and be like, no, no, like, I don't like that. Let's do this instead. Uh, so he's like the all seeing God uh, <laughs> at the 49ers facility. I thought that was so fascinating. And I'm like in my head, I wonder if that helps him uh, know which of the internal coaches is ready for more because you see things that maybe a lot of other head coaches you know wouldn't normally see because you're you're seeing how they handle their players when you're not in the room and you know how they're coaching you know their the details and all those things you know he so he's very much in tune with how those position coaches assistants coach all of that are working with their players so I I kind of feel like that helps him you know know who's ready it's an interesting point I think you're right but also they didn't fire Steve Wilkes in the middle of the year, which leads me to believe that Kyle did not have confidence in anybody else on the staff that they were ready, at least at that point, to take over for Steve Wilkes. Now, maybe it was really close and he ultimately decided not to and he might feel differently now. But you're right. I mean, he uh, he's watching everything. He's listening to everything. So he'll know internally if he's, if there's somebody that's ready to do it. I almost think... For optics alone, and I understand that Kyle is not generally beholden to optics, but don't you think he has to at least like interview an outside guy just to make it look like he's, you know, legitimately conducting a real search and not being closed minded? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there are so many there are guys out there. You brought up some of the big names. Rex Ryan. You could even float something to the national insiders like, hey, Kyle would love to talk to Bill Belichick, understanding that Bill Belichick is not, you know, probably won't do it, but if certainly Kyle would be interested, I almost feel like he kind of have to do that. If you're Shanahan. Yeah. You got, you got to beg uh, <laughs> Bill to, to come over here. And I, I wouldn't mind begging. Hopefully Kyle oh, is yes. not above begging in this case. Cause yeah, that would be a slam dunk hiring, I think. Um, but look, uh, in terms of, you know, any internal candidate maybe not being ready. I think you're absolutely right because there was that opportunity when, you know, when the, before the 49ers hired Steve Wilkes, right? We, there was talk of like, there are some internal candidates, but ultimately like that, that didn't happen. And, and yeah, even 
at the bye week when there was rumors of that happening, uh, you know, clearly there isn't enough confidence right now in any of the internal guys to take that next step to be a defensive coordinator. So I don't know if that's still the case. I would imagine so, like probably not the first choice, right? So I, I would imagine external uh, is probably going to be the way to go. Uh, but yeah, the the thing that people bring up with, with a guy like Belichick or even some of these other big name guys is ego, <laughs> you know, can, can each of those guys put their egos aside to be able to work together? I mean, yeah, I, that's, that's the challenge. That would be certainly a challenge, but remember they respect each other. Kyle respect or uh, bill respects Kyle so much. He called Kyle and said, do you want Jimmy Garoppolo? Like that's a thing that happened. He wanted to send Jimmy Garoppolo to Kyle Shanahan because he thought Shanahan would ultimately take care of Jimmy Garoppolo which is hilarious uh, looking back now, of course, but I, I, I think you, you have to make the call. Can you imagine Steph Belichick coordinating the defense, Shanahan coordinating the offense, all that talent that we talked about, all those all pros, that would be incredible. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it, it would be. So that that's maybe the one night, you know, me and, and all of uh, America, uh, all the 49er fans in America would be pulling for that uh, for sure. And you know what? I'll, I'll just say this as far as the ego thing. I, I think it would still work out just because I think Kyle, when he has a coach he can trust on that side, he lets them do their thing. Like, I think he wants to be handoff with the defense like we right. saw it with D'Amico like he head head coach the defense I'll I will mm-hmm. head coach the the offense and whatever admin or other stuff I got to deal with but you take care of that I'm gonna let you do your thing and I mean the reason we didn't see that with Steve Wilkes like I said there was that trust issue but you trust a guy like Bill Belichick um to pretty much be able to handle that and I don't think there would be a lot of clashes in in that regard I don't think so either. And that's what would make it attractive to Belichick, right? Yeah, you're you're quote unquote like working for me, but not you're working in the same building. I'm gonna let you do whatever you want to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You dial it up, Bill. Like clearly. Plus, I honestly I think it would make Kyle a better coach to be able to listen to all those Belichick meetings. They would have discussions about football and and hopefully, God, hopefully game management. <laughs> Because that's what the Patriots were so good at in the Belichick era that yeah. Kyle needs the most work on. Like, I think it would be incredibly beneficial. That is like the number one thing I am hoping for, even though I know the chances of it are tiny, 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 tiny. I'm still hoping for it. And sometimes you never know. You know, Mike Florio always tells the story of how pro football talk came to be associated with NBC. They were having problems because his site kept crashing and they needed, you know, better servers. And NBC came to him and was like, hey, we'll bump you up so your site doesn't crash and you can become part of NBC. And Florio didn't want to do it. And what he said was, I came up with the most ludicrous, ludicrous, ridiculous deal I could think of because I wanted NBC to say no. And then they said yes. And he was like, oh, (laughs) shoot. Now I guess I have to do that. Same thing with Belichick, right? Offer him the world. You never know. He might say yes. Yeah, you never know. And I, I still think Bill Belichick wants to coach like one way or another. So yep. uh, 
it, obviously he's not going to get any head coaching spots right now. He he's at that point in his career, that age in his career where that's probably not going to happen. Um, and so I, yeah, I think this would be his best chance to get a Super Bowl ring again. You know, who doesn't want to do that? So let let's all you know try to manifest this as best we can. In yeah. can you go to that comment from Weston Smith? Because I, I think it's yeah. an interesting point. He says, am I wrong in thinking this roster of players wouldn't respond to Bill, different generation? A lot of players like Belichick. The media doesn't like Belichick, but you talk to a lot of the players, they talk about how he's fun, how he jokes around. Plus, he, well, I shouldn't say that now because I guess his nickname when he was with the Giants as defensive coordinator was Doom. So maybe he, I was going to say, like, maybe with less responsibility, he'll be a little more lighthearted, but maybe not. I don't know. But a lot of players did like him. Plus, Dude, when he comes in and he throws those six rings on the table, well, more because he's got some with the Giants too. Like he throws all those rings on the table. Like you don't have to like him, but you got to respect him. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely a different energy, but it is energy. Like Bill brings his own type of energy and all of his defenses play hard, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what you we want to see from the 49ers. Like no matter what personnel he had, they played hard and that made them good defenses. So imagine what he can do with with these guys that the 49ers have. I mean, one can only imagine. So, yeah, let's try to manifest this. Uh, we'll be keeping tabs on this for, you know, uh, until we get the breaking news but rob this is uh our last show of the you know regular season this was our post-mortem i guess if you will <sighs> and so we enter the off season i just want to say thank you so much for for joining me on, on the show this season it's been a pleasure didn't end the way we wanted it to but i've had so much fun uh you know talking about the 49ers with you and and with everyone else that's joined me uh throughout this season and let's go get them again man I'm ready to get hurt again. Oh, no, thank you for having me, Steph. I appreciate it. I love that we can disagree on pretty much everything. And like we we disagree, we talk about it, but like it's all good. It's all love. Like there's we're never mad at each other after a show or anything like that. Uh, I love to see the way your channel keeps growing and all the work you do at the different events throughout the off season. I feel like that's only going to continue. And I, again, I'm, I keep telling people I am trying to get you as Nick Bosa to interview John Lynch at the combine. That is what I really want to have happen. Well, Nick be won't be to- at the combine, but, you know, maybe we can swing something for training camp. Nick's not going to be at the combine. <laughs> you, you mean he doesn't want to do all these drills and show off his quads <laughs> to everyone? Come on. Um, Uh, We got to hook that up because I think that is a thing that needs to happen. Clearly, he knows who you are. They all know who you are. You need to interview them. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. That would make my entire life. So, yeah, hopefully uh, we can get that going. But, yeah, thank you, Rob. It's been an awesome season. James Welsh uh, in the 11th hour says maybe Bill would because he's a long term road to taking Kyle's job. I'm dead serious. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know. That would be that'd be great. (laughs) Niners start out three and five. Jed says, bleep it. You're fired, Kyle. Bill, team's yours. That would be (laughs) look with this team. That's crazy. Who knows? Anything can happen. (laughs) They lost the Super Bowl on Sunday. Three days later, they fired their defensive coordinator. It is a non-stop content machine. 
lucky for us, right? So, like yeah. we said, we're going to keep the content coming through this offseason. You can find me on Gold Standard Network every Tuesday with the Bully Ball uh, with Jason Aponte and Rob, you know, handling the controls in the back, bleeping things out as he does so well. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to Gold Standard Network on YouTube. Steph49K. We are out, people. Peace.